For another I think this one Gonna be fun as well Thank y'all for tuning in To the Good Days Great Nights Podcast I go by uh, Cool Breeze 33 if you know me In the cigar world Alicia and Erickson's daddy uh, Your auntie's new Podcast host And your uncle's new uh, Nephew uh, This one right here I think it's gonna be special Cause it's gonna kinda give you The creative side of Of life And how people think About different things so, you know, we got a rule of thumb, of course. We never um, never tell you their name. We don't want you to base it off of something you heard. You may have heard one day that they walked in the room and there was about 20 or 60 people in there and they got on the mic and spoke and said some things that was real amazing, touched some people's heart. You might have heard that they was out, out south running track and soccer and different stuff like that. Um, you might have heard they was a, a finalist for the uh, – People's Choice Awards in Kansas City. But based off of all of that, you heard it, but you don't get a chance to really know it. So we do a thing here, and we do this thing called Five Songs. So with the purpose of the five songs is to give a different light of you. So say, for instance, we're on a road trip. Where do you want to go? I mean, I would say Orlando, Florida. Okay, so we there. So we need like a sprinter. We got to have like three or four groups, right? Um, in the process of this, it's different people. They've never met you. I know you, other people in the, on, the, on the vans and vehicles, they know you. But everybody don't know you. It's your turn to drive. You get the Oxwire. You get five songs. If you could, break down the five songs and give me a little breakdown of each one. At this moment, today, what are your five songs? Um, We going to start off with... Queen, um, which is a single that me and Little Cupid came out with. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Little Cupid. Um, Queen means a lot to me because me and Little Cupid, we actually started this song, I want to say, in 2017. And, like, I remember that we was just at his crib for hours just writing and practicing, and it just wasn't working. And he was like, you know, let's go to the studio. We'll figure it out the studio. And I'm like, nah, man, we can't just be throwing anything out there. Like, it's the time's not right. We got to, like, we got the lyrics, but something isn't right. We got to sit on this. So we ended up linking back up um, a few months ago when we finally was able to master it. And, like, mm-hmm. everything that we talk about in the song is where I'm at in life, just pretty much as – Loving myself as a person and valuing myself because self-love is a constant journey and a constant relationship. So it's really special to me. Um, It uplifts women instead of, you know, the usual bashing, you know, calling women, you know, hoes and bees. There's nothing like that because um, especially the black women, like we are truly queens. So, like, we talk about that a lot during the song. Yes, ma'am. Um, let me see my second song. Okay. Um, I love me some Meg. So we're going to do Meg the Stallion. Um, <laughs> okay. So we got the queen now. We made yes, it Yes. But right. we, we not going to do the ratchet music. Even though I love the ratchet music, we're going to do her more humble music. Mm. Um, she has this song called crying in the car that like when I heard it, like it, it actually made me want to cry. Like, I mean, have you heard the song? Never. So you okay. gotta tell me about it. You got to listen to it. But, um. She just basically talking about how she just, you know, been struggling, you know, just trying to make her dreams come true and, you know, just trying to live life and, you know, do things right by God. And 
She just, shoot, she was just going through it. Like, you know, I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to do that. You know, I'm crying because I'm so passionate and I want it so bad. You know, God help me. So that's kind of like where I'm at in life. Okay. And let me see. Um, Number three. Number three. So I'm going to do my girl, Ariana Grande. Okay. Um, Thank you, next. Thank you, next. Yes. Um, I just, um, finished a little situationship and pretty much in the song area grande, you know, she talks about, you know, shout out to all my exes, you know, we didn't work out, but y'all taught me something and y'all helped me grow as a person. And that made me a more beautiful person. And she was really appreciative of it instead of just like, you know, forget you nigga, you know, this, this and that, you know, she's just like, nah, you know, thank you. If it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be the person I am now. So Um, I definitely love that song. Okay. Um, number four. What we got? Number four. Um, hmm. Number four. I'm going to say, um, Michael Jackson, Never Can Say Goodbye. You in the crates um, now. Hold on, Mike, now. What's going on? MJ. Okay. That's my boy. Um, my mama put me on the Jackson 5 at a young, young, young age. So I've always, like, loved Michael, loved the Jackson 5. I feel like even though, like, he was before my time, I feel like I grew up with him because literally, like, since I could walk, she's been, like, raising me on the Jackson 5. And I um, really love that song. It just reminds me of her. Okay. And let me see. Number five. Um, I'm going to do... Kanye West, um, Jesus Walks. I am a very spiritual person, but I still like low-key ratchet. I still like to twerk. You know, I still like to drink my red wine, but I, I love Jesus. Yes. I love him. I rep him. Um, I feel like the world needs him. I feel mm-hmm. like there's a lot of holier-than-thou Christians that can't relate to the world today. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if we just focus on the real issues in the world and just right. took religion out the picture, we'll be able to accomplish a lot more. So that's why I like that song. Okay, you got your list. Let's see here. We'll go backwards. Kanye West, Jesus Walk. Mm-hmm. Of course, you can't do nothing without God. Right. Um, you appreciate the lessons from God and the foundation of having it, um, but you also are in the world. Mm-hmm. Maybe not of the world, but in the world, and still trying to figure it out. Um, transparency, because nobody's perfect. Right. So that's that's Jesus walks. Michael Jackson, that's childhood. That's that's the bond between a mother and a daughter, parent, you know, and a daughter. So you have that. Ariana Grande, that's just you thinking your past, people that was in your life and not being in a situation where it's bitterness. So that means it's some kind of growth within you where you've accepted what you got from them in the season that you were in. Uh, a lot of times people don't get that. They get they get the season of constantly being in it. And mm-hmm. they'll be mad still. And the other person somewhere living their life, excited, happy, not worried about what they're worried about. So that's good that you have that closure. A lot of people don't get it. And they, they need it from the other person, but they really need it from themselves. So that's dope that you have that. Meg, uh, crying in the car is really like trying to do it the right way, but getting caught up in certain things that make it the wrong way. You mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? But those are lessons that we all need. Because if we don't go through those lessons, that we'll never really appreciate anything that's given to us. You have to earn some things. So that's dope. That shows that you have that. Uh, queen. You and uh, Little Cupid. That's more or less of a foundation thing. So that shows that you're big on timing being right, but you're you're big on like relationships with people, and and that's a thing that's rare in the world as well. You see what I'm saying? So with those songs, that kind of gives a person in the third row. They wouldn't. They can they can twerk with you, but they they can also have a conversation with you about relationships and which it turns whether it was a situationship with a, in a relationship or like uh, a best friend situation where it may have left him, you know, saying didn't go the way it was supposed to go. You see what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So without further ado, if you can do me a favor, introduce yourself to my people. I am Melody the Poet. Um, some of y'all know me as Mel, Melly Mel, but um, 
mostly it's just Melody the Poet. I do spoken word. I do music. I write novels. I um, I ghostwrite. Right now, I am working on an album, and I'm really taking my time with it. Um, it's going to be dope, and it's going to be really special for you guys, so I really don't want to rush it. Um, as you know, I just released Melanity 2 last year. Um, these are my poetry collections. Okay. So... Um, Melanity One um, is a poetry collection that kind of just kind of talks about my experience in the dating realm, um, some things that I've experienced from being in an abusive relationship to um, just a very toxic situation. And then Melanity Two um, kind of picks up on that, but it also talks about mental health because mental health is very passionate to me and just how I was able to overcome the toxic relationships I was in while um, dealing with depression um, and just, you know, getting through life and still, you know, being able to elevate. So both of them are um, poetry collections. Melanity is available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. Um, Melanity 2 is available on Amazon. If you would like a autographed copy, you can reach out to me directly. Um, Melanie the Poet on Instagram, um, TikTok, and Facebook. Oh, you all over the place. <laughs> you know the youngsters is on TikTok, so you gotta you gotta stay up to date. <laughs> I, I, I watch them. Listen, I don't even know how to use it. I just, I I just got one. Nope. I be telling my goddaughter like, "How do you do this?" Right, right, right. So with all of that, so that's a, that's a heavy thing on your plate. So music, poetry, uh, nine to five, right? Uh, more like my own schedule. More like your own schedule, <laughs> but going to school as well, yeah. right? So. It's a lot going on in your play, right? Mm-hmm. How do you balance all of that? Like, how do you balance that where you still have time for yourself to reboot? Because, like, when you said in the book right there, like, I'm big on people talking about depression because people don't want to talk about it. I'm big on people talking about how they got out and what helped them to get out. But really, what was the light switch that turned it on? But I'm big on making sure that they don't, they don't have to go back and visit again. So my question to all people every time is more or less of anything like, how do you balance these 24 hours that we have in a day where you get at least two or three to yourself? I mean, I have a military background, and then I worked in corporate America for a very long time, so I'm used to living off of a calendar. Mm -hmm. I literally schedule everything on my calendar from, like, my workout schedule, my rest, um, my money-making, my school, my writing, my reading. So it's like... Very, very tight schedule, and I just work my plan. Mm-hmm. So in that, I, when we were reaching back and forth for talking, so you said, I, I'm pretty booked up until this, so yeah. that, I can attest to that, that. I don't have that part, that balance of, like, setting a calendar and following the calendar. So that will be something that I would gain from you is to understand that it is, you have to have some order because sometimes it's some fly-by-night situation. But with that, you see what I'm saying, you're going to school. What are you going to school for? You mind sharing? Um, yeah. Um, so this is in public, but I definitely don't mind sharing. I'm going to school for um, cosmetology to be a beautician. Mm-hmm. And that's just more or less of a passion in that or what? Well, I low-key been doing hair since high school, but you know, you're just doing your family, your friends. Uh-huh. I ain't really, really went public with it, but when I left corporate America, I'm like, yeah, my books are selling, but they're not really paying the bills, so, right, right. you know, just some self-searching, like, what am I good at that right. I can do? And I'm like, oh, shoot, I can do hair, so I could be capitalizing off of that, so, yeah. you know, let me go get licensed so I can get that ball rolling, so mm-hmm. here I am. When we were talking as we were setting up and everything, you were kind of telling me, like, it was a point where you kind of, you know, you was listening to Joe and like mm-hmm. talking and like you said, big on God, but big on also on like the law of attraction. So when you're listening to somebody and you can share to them what you, what you gained from it, but in the sense of it, like what made it special to you of like direction wise? Um, to be an entrepreneur? Yeah. Um, well, first off, when I was working in corporate America, I was dealing with, um, a lot of racial, um, discrimination. Um, there was very, a lot of unethical stuff going on that just wasn't really sitting right in my spirit. Mm-hmm. And I didn't just want to, you know, up and quit my job. Like we all see that meme, like, you know, God, is is this the sign? You know right. what I mean? Like, do you want me to walk out on faith? But I feel like. God was showing me signs like it's like everywhere I go I was just like you know hearing about people like you know 
taking the leap of faith and pursuing their dreams and just literally leaving it in God's hands. Like, it's scary. It's crazy. But, like... What, what, you going to spend five more years miserable, you know, not knowing what could have happened? Are you going to actually take that step? Because that's, you got to take the step before the dream come true. So one of my, um, I I was like seeing it happen to a lot of people, like a lot of testimonies, like, yeah, you know, I left this situation and I'm thriving. Like it was just like all over social media with my Facebook friends, like on different podcasts I was hearing on the radio, just, you know, me out mingling, you know, enjoying myself, just, you know, conversing with people. And it was just so many different situations. And I'm like, why not me? Right. So what really did it was um, one of my high school classmates, she made a long, long status about how she was in corporate America, literally the exact same situation I was in and how she left and she was, you know, pursuing her dreams and she couldn't be happier. And I was like, literally that day, I'm like, yeah, I can't do this no more. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like checking my finances. I'm like, yeah, I'm good. I can't, you know what I mean? I can't, right, right. I can do this. I can do this. So I did it. And it was literally the, the best decision ever. Like, is it a piece? It's definitely a piece. Like, no amount of money is worth, like, compromising your mental health. Like, I was, I was, I ain't gonna lie, I was making bank at corporate America, but Mm -hmm. it's just, it wasn't worth it to me. Like, you can't pay me to compromise my sanity. Yes, ma'am. So, mm -mm. like, especially if you don't value me as a person, I value myself. So, if you don't value me, then you don't know my worth. And I know my worth. So, I can't work for anyone who doesn't know my worth and appreciate me as a person and what I can bring to the table. Versus so. being a number. Mm-hmm. I mean, because, you know, we, we find ourselves in jobs like that where you're really kind of waiting for the paycheck. You're there for the paycheck. When you could be making your own paycheck. And, or paying somebody else. And they doing something with you that they love to do. Um, I think that that's, like, the biggest thing nowadays is finding something that you really want to wake up to and do and it don't feel like work. Like, when I do this, this is, like, cool. Like, this is, like, everything. Because it's, like, I get a chance to talk to people. I'm one of the ones that you see in the grocery store and you be like, bro, talk to anybody. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? But I'm just trying to find a balance of this thing. This thing called life, it don't come. It got a manual. Of course, you use the Bible. You use other books, other religions and things like that. But when you're going through, sometimes that stuff don't add up to the moment and what you're going through is outdated. On certain things, you dig what I'm saying. So, when when you going and you looking at that now and you got that piece, you think you should have done it earlier. I want to say yes, but I feel like everything happens in the perfect timing. I feel like I feel like when I did it, it was just like the perfect timing. Gotcha. As far as me mentally and like planning wise, and just being prepared to enter that next chapter of life. Okay, no doubt. So definitely, man, I got to, um, before we go any further, I want to shout out my guys. Uh, we down here at the Pure Hookah Lounge on 34th and Main. Great spot, man. They doing some, uh, some remodeling and things like that. So by the time y'all get this one, they should be open and, and, and looking real nice, real smooth, man. So make sure y'all come down here and check them out on 3419 uh, Main Street. Um, I want to say Monday through Sunday, if I'm not mistaken, but for sure. They got what you need. Have a good time, cool vibe. Music, good atmosphere. So it's just important. And they, they've been nice to me. So I make sure I show them love. Okay, so when we when we dealing with that, and after you kind of see that, do you uh, you have desire to have kids? Do you have any kids besides um, your goddaughter? So I do have my beautiful goddaughter, um, Naomi J. She just turned 13. Oh, wow. Um, but I do want kids. I want like at least two of them mugs. But listen, I, I don't want to be nobody baby mama. Yeah. So that's just my whole thing. I got to be a wife. Can't be right. a baby mama. So right. I'm just, you know, taking my time. I can't be getting trapped by anybody. So. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I respect that because I think nobody desires to be a baby mama or a baby daddy. <laughs> you never know. No, you know. I mean, I, I guess it's, it's real. Crazy people. I guess it's real. Like you want you want to get in a situation where you. Stable to a certain extent, mm-hmm. or a person got something versus the has versus the nots. But in this world, I would tell you to not look at the fact of being a baby mama, but just look at the fact of being a mother, because a lot of that stuff is so hard. Um, I can't speak for the mother's side, but for the father's side, it can be difficult at times because you want to be their friend, but you also have to be their parent, mm-hmm. and then you still have to love somebody else that you had a child with. So you're blending those two relationships plus learning your child and then the, you know, saying your partner in the sense of how it goes down. 
And sometimes that's hard because you, you, you forget how to love that person when you become a parent. And it's easily done. You know, I can remember <laughs> times where having conversations and you might say something like, man, I'm going to make sure you have the world. And the person might look like, what about me? Mm-hmm. Having a, like, you going to give me the world too? <laughs> but it's something so small, mm-hmm. right? Where they'll be like, bro, that's crazy. You didn't say this or you didn't say that. Like, but you didn't mean it that way. You're just trying to reassure the kid that's coming up. Like, I got you. My situation was different. So I had to blend two kids together, different moms, mm-hmm. two other sets of families. So when you do get it, if you get some lemons, make some lemonade out of it, please. Like, but it's it's possible. But like you said, the the fact that you know your self worth now, it'll allow you to better to have your discernment on certain things. But kids are beautiful because you get the chance to see yourself again. I want to know how you. Uh, I got a twelve, about to be a thirteen year old. How you? How you? Her mom, her dad, dealing with this teenage stage. That's that's my question. Um, Naomi's not your normal teenager. Like, she's a sweetheart. Like, she still has her innocence. You know, mm. once they start to feel themselves, here comes the attitude. They know it all. You can't tell them nothing. Yes, they ma'am. don't want nothing to do with you. But she's still in her innocent kid phase because she hasn't really been exposed to the world. So, so that's a tip, right? Yeah. So, like, kind of guard them? Do you guard them or do you just give it to them, like, inch by inch? <laughs> I mean, I'm not a parent, but what I will say from just um, helping raise my goddaughter mm-hmm. is, like, it really depends on what they're exposed to. Like, mm-hmm. in the public s- schools, um, just make sure that you're just, you know, keeping an eye on your child because you'll be able to see the changes in their personality and stuff and the way that they talk. Me going to a public school, I feel like I lost my innocence as soon as I hit middle school. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah, that's yeah. when yeah. it got real. But it really just kind of depends on the kid and what they're exposed to. And as they change, you want to try to have those conversations with them about certain topics before they friends or the media does. Gotcha. So. I, I, can, I definitely can agree. Sixth grade, my innocence was gone. <laughs> like, I'm talking about over the ledge gone. Like, I will never be the same again. Because you... Because you're trying to fit in with the Joneses. Uh-huh. You, you walk in the cafeteria, and I seen one cat say, you walk in the cafeteria, and you're trying to beg somebody to tell you to sit down somewhere and be in the cool kids circle. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So now your life is forever changing because you're, you're playing a game of catch-up. And when I say catch-up, like catch-up to fit in. And I think sometimes that's what, what makes us, like, be, you think you grown. Mm-hmm. I'm forcing myself to be grown when I can be <laughs> naive or be a kid. And be like oblivious to this other stuff until it's time to be. So, with that, and uh, we talk about it a lot of time with different stereotypes, right? So, growing up, like, what were some of the stereotypes you heard about being a woman? Being a woman? Mm -hmm. I mean... I was pretty naive. <laughs> Either I wasn't listening or I didn't care, but I didn't really like. Right, right. I ain't gonna lie to you. I ain't heard no stereotypes. No about stereotypes being. like um, um, you got to cook, you got to clean, you got to. This is the thing you got to do. You take care of the house. He take care of the bills. Any of those type of deals or not really. Um. Not really. I mean, I grew up in a household to where both of my parents work. You have both, both of them cooked. Both in the house? Yeah, both That's of dope. them cleaned. So both of them um, took turns, you know, dealing with us in regards to like activities and stuff. So it was like really half and half. That's dope. That's dope. So so seeing that, right? Growing up with both parents and they both shared the balance, shared the load. Now, when it's your turn to to have a husband. Get somewhere and sit down with some kids, right? What are some things that you will take from your parents from what you've seen? And if you could, maybe one or two things you won't take. Um, as much as I like the idea of being a stay-at-home uh, mom. That's, see, that's a definitely. stereotype. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds so lovely, though. Like, take care of the kids, cook, clean, shop all day. You know? It sounds very lovely, but... um. I like having my own money, so I would probably um, definitely work um, like my mom. Um, depending on the person that you date, you got to kind of get a feel for, like, what they do. Like, do they cook? Do they clean? You know, what their ship is like and kind of balance that out. But I kind of I want to be – I just want to have my own money. Everything else is, like, you know, depending on the person. Gotcha. So 
<laughs> she said, "Or on money." That's what the bag is important. <laughs> it's definitely important. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I think um, when you look at it too, you have to remember it's two people coming together. So uh, <laughs> when I used to talk to Bishop, you all right? Don't 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 do it now. Uh, when I used to talk to Bishop, and uh, he would talk to me. Let's let's get you together mm-hmm. first. Let's get you together first. Oh man, I might as well. You know, <laughs> it's that pure, you know, pure. Uh, it's that drip ultra pure water. My guy, uh, he signed on for a second for this season. He's going to be uh, showing us a lot of love with the water. The water's actually real good. Lifesaver. We've been doing this thing with him, man, so we're going to keep rolling with him. Definitely want to shout him out at all times. So, um, you have two people coming together. Road trips. We just say road trips. Your mom may get in the front seat, have a map. Baby, go this way down I-10, <laughs> go up. 39, we're going to be there by 7. I got some sandwiches. The corners is cut off of them. Kids got some juice. We ready to go, right? My mom, wake me up when we get there. Uh, no, I'm not, I'm not changing no radio stations. I'm not doing none of that. I'm just going to sit over here and read my book, right? So you have to blend those. So when we blend in these relationships, I think a lot of times we forget what you've seen sometimes may not have been the best way mm-hmm. or the only way. It might have been the best way for you to see it, but it may not have been the only way. You see what I'm saying? And I think that's where people get lost at because they don't have those conversations and communicate. So when you're having the conversation later on, it's like, let's make spaghetti. Well, I'm going to put this garlic powder in first. Well, no, my mom and my daddy put it in this way. I don't make your burger Put the cheese in the middle, pat the patty. I don't want no cheese on my butt. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So we have to learn that balance of how to say, okay, this is cool. This is not cool. This makes sense. This doesn't make sense. You see what I'm saying? But I think the bag is important, but it's not like a sole thing. But having your own money, you can kind of make your own rules a little mm-hmm. bit. But you still, I think, it's, it's dope. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So with that, when you look at, like, your dreams and, like, legacy, right? So... The poetry. What what started it? Um, I ever since I learned how to write, I've always wrote like little short stories and stuff. But um, when I was in fifth grade, one of my teachers she had gave me um Maya Angelou's book, mm-hmm. um, and I just fell in love with her poetry. Like I was just like a little kid reading it, like oh wow, this is amazing. Right, right. right. And then, you know, I just started learning about the different styles of poetry, and I started writing at a young age, joined the Writers Club, and it's okay. just been like an in-love passion ever since. Okay. So so we was we watching Death Poetry Jam and everything, too? I, no, more like Love Jones. <laughs> hey, listen, man, that's one of my favorites. You though. okay, because a lot of people ain't seen that movie. What's about to say? If you ain't listen, seen Love nah, Jones. Yeah, they, gotta take they, they, can't, they can't have that card. We got to revoke that card. But me and, me and Darius love how we got a lot in common. He was a hopeless romantic, mm-hmm. and, and he was a dreamer. But it took a special kind of person to, to change him. He had some procrastinating ways. And he liked his, he liked it his way. He didn't want to adjust. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? But definitely one of my favorites. Thin Line is my favorite, but that's like number two. So, so more so Darius. I grew up watching the HBO, the, okay. the poetry joints. And I used to love to see like the entertainers, like when Kanye came on, when Jamie came on, most definitely all of them doing their thing because it was different to see them in a different light. So when you're on the stage and you and you're doing your thing, is it like a place you go, each poem takes you to a different place in your mind, or is it like an off and on switch? Like, what's the mode to get there? Um, There isn't really anything in particular. Like, I'll go long periods with just writer's block, and then, like, one day I'll be in my feelings. Like, you know, I might be, you know, drinking some wine, and I just be, like, daydreaming and having random thoughts. I'm like, oh, shoot, let me write this down. And, like... Just on a normal day, I'll just think of things and, like, I type them in my phone. That's dope. And then, like, I'll do that for, like, maybe a month or two. And then, like, I'll look back at all the little stuff I sent myself because mm-hmm. I text it to myself. Okay. And I'll just, like, start writing the poem with, like, you know, 
different things that I said and just kind of put it together. But I don't never like sit down and write a poem in one day. Like okay. I normally send myself thoughts of like how I'm feeling in the moment or just like random things that come to mind. And then like over a period of time, then I just, you know, start putting it all together and stuff. But it's like really sporadic and random. Okay. So like, do you remember your first like poem? Yeah. Or maybe the first one that just like took you over the top. Somebody was like, oh, you got to say that again. Um, I performed pretty for a dark skinned chick. Uh, way first off, shout out to the Juke House, um, Soul Sessions. Okay. That was like the first stage that I ever hit. That was actually the first time that I've even like seen spoken word poetry. Like mm-hmm. I was a, I'm a writer, I'm mm-hmm. a poet, but I'm like, oh, people are actually doing spoken words. Right, right. So like, I went and performed um, my poem, "Pretty for a Dark Skin Chick," and I I performed a few poems, but like that one was hitting because apparently a lot of people was feeling the same way I was feeling. Right, right, so, and this right. was like, I want to say 2014, 2015. Yeah, yeah. So that was probably definitely the one. So so do you? You got a little bit of it. Can I get a little sample? Just a little bit. Drop me a couple bars or something, maybe one or two. Um, I ain't going to lie to you. I, I'm going to do this other piece. Um, another piece. I'll take it. Okay. Mm. Hey, waiter. Why don't you order me up a vodka shot on rocks? Strong enough yet able to keep me on my top. See, these vodka shots got me thinking that life isn't such an easy living. Nevertheless, still a blessing. So session, spazzing out to the truth as I daze into the guitar strings, vibrating to my heartbeat. And as soon as he exhales, I inhale as he speaks that natural beauty. Questing for his Afrocentric queen, not just any. See, she struggled poor just to listen. You didn't give me the wine and... <laughs> Okay. That, those are just like really, really throwback poems. But like my most recent one, um, Corporate America, okay. which is, you know, we talked about that. That's right. Listen, I could talk about Corporate America all day, but right. um, I can definitely do that one for you. Give me a little bit. Corporate America. Give me a little bit. Corporate America, Corporate America, Corporate America. How much longer do we have to slave for minimum wage? Even though it's not technically minimum wage, based off the desecrate, we are forced I take that back. We openly choose to take. Still doesn't compensate to what we carry to the plate. See, we are dishing out extra full-course meals. Sprints and hurdles through obstacle courses just to receive a full-course meal, yet still we die from starvation and dehydration of injustice. When are we going to realize there is no justice in this country? It's just us. Maybe it's about time we finally wake up and realize they only hired us to meet a corn for minorities. Failing to realize that we are not our ancestors who once were minorities. We are the fear. Previously held captive due to the possibility what greatness could happen currently in fear because they know we are the greatness that's happening that's just you know the beginning of corporate america okay so okay that's like i'm, I'm really kind of tripping right now so it's okay so when you when you started writing right and you said soul session was like your first one when you're looking around in the crowd is it a thing of like i'm trying to feel if they feeling me or you just like i'm just trying to get this off my chest um, I normally don't feed off of the crowd's energy because, like, first off, like, you know, it's always a different crowd. They give you the blank stare, so you can't pay <laughs> right, attention right. to the crowd. You got to mentally hype yourself up and then, like, let them match your energy because you can't go off of the crowd's energy. Right, right, right. Okay. So I normally have me, you know, a few little drinks and, you know, give myself these little um positive talks and stuff and tell myself aspiration statements and then get on stage. Okay. Speaking of which, I'm going down your page. Right, and I think every day or every so many days, I get a little white screen with some words on it. Right, what made you come up with that? Um, I write myself aspiration statements on a regular basis, and like I start sending them out to my friends because, like you were saying earlier, how like you know normally you're the to go to person. And mm-hmm. I'm the to-go-to person for a lot of my friends. So I'll be trying to, like, you know, just keep them motivated and stuff. And, you know, when they were telling me, like, yeah, you know, that's really helpful. That's really helpful. Um, one of my homeboys, he was like, Mel, just make them into little memes. Like, you always, you know, say encouraging stuff. He was like, people can benefit off of that. He was like, you know, just post little quotes here and there mm-hmm. and, you know, see mm-hmm. what it do. And I'm like, all right, okay, you know, it helps me. So I'm like, you know, if it helps me, I want to be able to help other people because life is hard and you never know who's going through what and you know why who what might actually help somebody so definitely, definitely. i want to help other people while i'm helping myself definitely definitely because it's a couple on there i got them uh screenshot that i was like hey man this is kind of cool but what i thought was dope was 
you wasn't, um, you were not like biased to just the women. You called out the women on theirs. You called out the men on theirs. So I thought that that was like the coolest thing ever. Because a lot of times you don't really get that. You get, hey, I'm going to give it to you this way, and this is how it is. And women were in the world, and y'all shut up. And, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it was cool to see. Um, Thank you. I, uh, hold on one sec. I got I to gotta be able to tell you exactly which one it was. It was, uh, it was a couple of them. I thought it was just crazy. Let me see here. If I got them saved here. When everything seems out of control, focus on the things with, within your reach. That one was actually for me. Talk about it. Just like I, I'm the type of person to where like I'm a perfectionist and I'm very, very impatient. Like patient has never been patience has never been my strong suit. Okay. So like I'm trying to work on this um, music album. I'm trying to work on putting another book out. I'm trying to. Finish school while still hustling, you know, trying to maximize my full 24 hours. Right. And I'm just like, I have unrealistic goals for myself. It's like, I want to get everything done, but, like, you can't put out quality if you're rushing it. So I had to, like, really tell myself, like, Mel, take a step at a time. Like, you know, accomplish small things. Like, what is in your reach? What can you accomplish right now that's going to take you to that next step and just mm-hmm. go from there? You can't go from the bottom step and jump to the top step. The like, we would like matter. to think, yeah, we have superpowers, but we, yeah. we do, but we don't. You know what I mean? Right, so right. a step at a time. That's dope. Until you get to the top. That's dope. I got, I got one more. Just because it's not your turn doesn't mean you're not up next. Yeah. And really, you know, <laughs> let me see. People, this is like, I, I, I promise you, like, I hate when people ask me this. And I, if you're listening, like, stop asking people this. But, like, everywhere I go, everybody be like, Mel, you're this and you're that. Why are you single? And they're just right. like, I hate it. Like, quit right. asking me why I'm single. You know what I mean? Like. One of my best friends, she just got married. You know, she's having a kid. Like, people around me are getting married, and I'm mm. genuinely happy for them, but that's just not my season. You know what right, I mean? Right, right, right. God has me where he wants me to be. You right. know what I mean? We're all, like, you know, living out different purposes. Like, I can clap for you, you know, and still be in my element and achieve my goals. It's just not my time yet, what you're doing. And what I'm doing is not your time, but we can still be there for each other, and we don't need to compare, you know, each other's lifestyles. Like, I'm just, I'm not there yet. You're not there yet. Let's support each other as we learn and grow, because when I get to where you're at, I'm going to be able to learn from your experience and vice mm-hmm. versa. So so do you think that that's like, because that's the thing I think a lot of us deal with, and I, th- I think especially men. Um, from my side, women deal with it as much like, why you don't have no boyfriend or why mm-hmm. you don't like, but fellas, it'll be like, wait, bro, how long you going to be out here? <laughs> you see what I'm saying? How long? How long like you it's gonna... a bad thing. Like, yeah, like, but, <laughs> but it, and, and you have to learn how to be by yourself. And speaking from me, that, that was one of the hardest things that I've ever had to learn how to deal with because you feel like you need the validation of the person in your life. Cause you feel like people are gonna look at you like, bro, you ain't got no girlfriend, you ain't got nobody, ain't got no wife. Uh, you ain't, bro, what's wrong? It's what's wrong with like you're not a catch. Like, so then you in a rush to get somewhere, and then sometimes when you get there, you're trying to put something together forcefully that God don't put together. And I think a lot of like we're not that far off. I was teasing you all about being young, but we're not that far off in age. But I think a lot of our generation is so much in a rush to get to love, to get to happily ever after that they really forget about care. Like, I say this all the time. I was talking to one of my older homies, and he was just gaming me up. He was just like, bro, like, we're so busy trying to fall in love that we forget how to care about ourselves and care about somebody else because we want to be in love. We want the pictures. We want relationship goals to be our hashtag. We want people to look at us and for all the advice in the world. But we really don't have the answers ourselves. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So we battle that. So I think that that's dope that you can – identify that and say, hey, no, I'm I'm cool. Don't get me wrong. Everybody wants somebody. Everybody, and we say, you don't need them, but you need somebody because you have to have some people in your life for different seasons mm-hmm. to take you to different levels and show you different things. But we get so complacent in the fact of, like, because they say we don't have it right now, then there's something wrong with us. But it really don't be nothing wrong with us. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But I think fellas do that a lot. And then definitely the fear of being alone is something that will keep everybody up at night. 
You see what I'm saying? It'll have you in a place where you'll be like, dang, bro, I can't, I can't do this, I can't do that, because I don't have nobody. Everybody going on dates, they going to the concerts, they going out of town, bay vacations, and I, I'm just here. But in that moment, I think God really wants people to be by themselves, so He can show you your imperfections, your perfections, and He can show you how to love in spite of. You dig what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I definitely think that that's that's genuine. So when I was seeing these. I'm seeing different ones, man, and I'm like, bro, she's just from a real transplant place, and we don't get that. In our generation, everything looks upon as, I got it all together. I'm this, I'm balling, I'm in the mix, I'm taking trips, I got bags, I got this, I got that, I don't got no bills, I don't got no worries. I think that that's where we get lost at, you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And we're teaching each other false realities. And we and then, now you got a man looking at you, and he like, she got everything together, so when I come... What does she need me for? What does she need me for? What can I bring to the table? You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Because from the outside looking in, whoever had her last before me, he gamed her up or he hurt her feelings. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So now you're coming into this thing like you got to have all of these things. And if you don't have all these things, they not fooling with you. It's how you think. Mm-hmm. A couple of my homeboys, like, bro, when I got with my old lady, it was totally different than what I thought it was. Rather they switched, it was not all this or all that. But it was like the illusion was, She's out of my league. Mm-hmm. So how do you think we fix that? Like with the generation, like for the next two generations, we got to put it back in place some kind of way. How do you think we can do it? I feel like a lot of people have expectations of new people that they meet that they don't even know. And no one should have any expectations of anyone. Like we all have our preferences and what we're looking for and our type. But you never really know your type until you receive it. So I feel like if this generation would take out the expectations and actually invest the time into getting to know someone. Because, like, I mean, I don't know about you, but I've been in situations where I've met people who I didn't think were my type. But I'm like, you know, he's really cool. Like, he's a he's a whole vibe. And, you know, I'm feeling it. Like, you know, just with no expectations, you know, just genuinely getting to know a person for who they are instead of trying to change them. And then deciding, is this somebody that I can deal with Mm -hmm. or not? Because right. I don't want to change you. You know, we can help each other grow. But at the end of the day, people should be able to be who they are. So gotcha. I think uh, there's a lot of that going on. Gotcha. So, like, do you think, like, if you care to share mm-hmm. your past, the depression part, was it self-inflicted? Or was it just the wrong person? I don't think my depression has came from, like, any of my dating experiences. Um, I First off, when people used to tell me that they were suffering from depression, I didn't think it was real. I'm like, right, 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 ain't right. nothing wrong with y'all niggas. Like, I ain't never felt Definitely. depression, Definitely. new depression. Right. Like, y'all need to, um, you need to, oh, you got one? Yeah. Y'all need to y'all need to figure it out. But when I tell you, I I know y'all probably so tired of me saying this, but listen, I didn't know what depression was until I got into corporate America. Like I feel like seriously, like you <laughs> once you lose that peace, like that inner peace, yeah. that's what caused depression. Like something's off with your balance. Right. Like when I got into corporate America, like literally that's when I started experiencing depression. And I've been in some very toxic relationships, like right. completely just crazy, but no depression. Right. But working for corporate America. Like I had to start seeing the kind of psychiatrist. They were right, trying to put me right. on medicine. Uh, I'm against medicine, you know, to each his own. But my advice would be, don't do it. But um, heal naturally. There's a lot of um, natural remedies, but. Really just, I was just in a really unhappy place. Like right. they were, they were paying me um, to just demoralize my mental health. Yeah. So it wasn't from my dating experiences. No, and, and, listen, <laughs> and listen, that's the thing that everybody thinks. But it's a pot, right? Mm-hmm. Your life is a pot. And everything you're putting in. So in corporate America, you got a deadline. Mm-hmm. I got 20 people underneath me. They got to make certain stats, certain numbers. If they don't make them, then I'm rolled up. Mm-hmm. If they don't make them, I don't get my bonus. You work at my job. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I probably am still there. I've been in mind for a couple calendars. So. Okay. But as a supervisor, it was like, bro, I don't want to do this. Because now I have to guess if you're lying about being sick. I have to guess if your computer's really messing up because of COVID. <laughs> and take accountability for other people yeah. when you're doing your job. I'm doing my part. And then after a while, you get burnt out because, you, like you said, you do see every year 
You might get an email. They make this amount of money, but they paying you this. Mm-hmm. And then not only did you see the email, fourteen thousand other people seen it, and at least thirty people today are gonna ask you, "What do you think about that email?" And you got to be the middleman mm-hmm. to make them believe everything. You the and the message behind the message. You see what I'm saying? You're the messenger. So definitely, I definitely. But I'm I'm pro therapy, whether corporate America, whether life. Because sometimes people have those breakdowns because they're like, I didn't picture this to be my job for the rest of my life. Or I thought I was going to do something totally different. It wasn't going to be this. It mm-hmm. was going to be that. When I was in here, I was going to really help some people. And it's totally opposite. So depression comes at different forms. Mm-hmm. It can be weight. It can be time wasted. It can be work. It can be love. It can be relationships. Heck, it can be family. You know what I'm saying? But I think... Our culture, for sure, will say the same thing. You're saying, oh, I ain't nothing wrong with you. Tighten up. Especially if you're from my side. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You ain't supposed to cry. You ain't supposed to do all that. Like, deal with it. Go through it. Get over it. Let's go. But I don't think that's realistic. And I remember being in those states where I'm like, bro, I don't want to do this no more. But I put in so much time. Gave them a, I'm 11. And so at 5 and 6, they give you the little... Email to say, and they put your name on the board. And you're like, okay, cool. That's it? I didn't put that for this 365 five times. I didn't see people come. I didn't see people go. I didn't see people come in to make more than you, talk crazy to you, and leave. I've seen you. I've been in places where you've got skipped over on promotions, mm-hmm. where you know you've earned it. I've seen people that I thought would be perfect for, and they go around them, and it's the good old boy system, or it's the you my partner, and you was with me when we came mm-hmm. in, so I'm going to put you on. I understand the part of putting people where they need to be, but you can't put all your people in the sense of, of, of corporate America mm-hmm. and not put the people that's qualified. Because a lot of times, you won't be the face, but I'm your manager. I'm coming to you asking you for all the stats, all the numbers. I'm in the meeting talking like I know everything, but I got the answers from you. Exactly. You see what I'm saying? I, I've been in that. You know what I'm saying? So now my place of it now is more or less a bro. Like, I ain't doing it. And when you feel like it's unjust, you stand on your morals. And God covers you. Because here lately, if I say, hey, now that ain't fair, it, it used to be like, I don't want to say nothing because I don't want to seem like I'm the uh, disgruntled black man. Mm-hmm. Or I don't want to seem like I'm uh, the militant guy or mm-hmm. I'm the negative Nancy of the group. Bro, if it's wrong, it's wrong. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest thing. I think people don't know how to say it's wrong. You know what I'm saying? So what do you want your legacy to be? Um, I definitely want my legacy to be um, my gifts in regards to my poetry, mm-hmm. my writing, um, my talents, um, my morals. Um, just shoot, I try to be the best. I ain't perfect, but I right. I definitely try to be the best person that I can be, and I you know I, I definitely try to treat people the way that I want to be treated because that's how. Um, I was raised by both of my parents, so I just really just want to spread love and shoot, help people grow, help people heal. Um, yeah. So okay, so you just more or less of just the love part. Mm-hmm. So looking at that, you got a you got a list full of things you're doing. It's a young girl, two generations from now. She gonna need to know. Two or three things when it comes to poetry. What uh, what advice would you give? Um, when it comes to poetry, I would definitely say keep writing. Um, definitely get you a mentor. Be open to feedback. Um, learn different like poetry styles. Right, right. Don't be afraid to step outside your element and um, test your limits because. You're only going to get better. Like, keep writing. Keep writing. Writer's block is going to happen. Don't let it discourage you. But once the writer block is over, like, that's when you're going to put out, like, your best material. Because it's just been building up. You just don't know it. So. Mm-hmm. First project's always the hardest? Um, It seems like the more advanced that I get in my writing, that's like, fine. it gets more challenging. 
Okay. So, like, the first project, I was, you know, doing basic poetry, you know, back in the day. Like, roses are red, violets are blue. blue. I mean, cool. yeah. Okay, like, okay. I'm, like, my poetry is so advanced now. So, like, it's, like I was saying earlier, I can't write a whole poem in, like, a setting. It's, like, I write, it takes take me, like, time to just write one poem because I'll keep revisiting the same poem. Right. Okay. So, I was a cheat code in school when it came to this. <laughs> so, my homegirls would come to me, right? Valentine's with a little dance. Can you write something for me? I'm like, write something for you. Dude, what are you talking about? Just write it. Dude's right. right. No, I'm, I'm cold there. I was cold. <laughs> to me, I was cold. My words. You do poetry? No, I don't think I do poetry. I just think that I got some words. Okay. So I thought at the time writing it down was the coolest thing ever, right? Because my grandmother, she was big on Big Chief Tablet, number two pencil. Your penmanship has to be good, right? So in that process, we would write them down. Have them right. So the homegirls are reading. They're like, can I have this one? Like, For what? And they're like, just change it to this to say boy <laughs> instead of girl. And they would use it. And it would be like six or seven of them floating around. So like, like, and they'd be like, bro, I, I used use what Al had. Because they, 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 you know, they didn't have the words. Mm-hmm. but Because music it was tying it all together. And then it was a feeling. You know what I'm saying? I think that's probably something that I would have loved to have done. Like, my, uh, I won't say anxiety, but my nerves. Sometimes when people are on the stage, they it gives me goosebumps. It's like, kind of like, does that make sense? Like certain mm-hmm. songs, certain things. You've seen what's going to happen, but it gives you goosebumps. I wish I could do that. Like I, like I think uh, it's a cat, Eric Roberson. He, he gets on stage and he does music, mm-hmm. right? He, he throw, throw me a word. Throw me another word. Throw me another word. And he put it together. Uh-huh. I always wanted to do it. I thought that would be the coolest thing ever because it was just like a place of like transparency. Mm-hmm. You dig what I'm saying? So with that, I always like thought that was the coolest thing. So with if you was giving advice to a young lady about womanhood, what would you say? I would say focus on finding out who you are um, as a woman, that should be your number one priority. And it's not anything that you're going to be like, oh, I know who I am today. I'm good. You're every day you're alive. You're constantly finding out who you are because you're constantly changing as time goes by. So um, definitely invest into yourself, know yourself and work on making yourself better because you're not going to be able to, be successful in any aspect of life until you know who you are and how you can contribute to your career, your relationship, and just pretty much everything. Like, focus on getting to know who you are. Gotcha. So you think in, in, your, in your, your journey so far, how many times do you think you've changed, like, in the last six months? Oh, wow. Um whether it was a lesson learned, whether just a roundabout. Like, I, I, think I, I honestly feel like I'm changing every day. Every I'm not going to lie to you. That's dope. That's dope. Is that, is that, how does that look? Does that look like as far as like the way you think, feel, or the way like you treat people? Like what is, what's the change? Where you notice the change? Um, mostly like experiences, um, rather they're good or bad. Like I might be in a situation where I just like, you know, completely like – just did something that was outside of my character. And I'm like, you know, I don't ever want to feel like that again. I don't ever want to make anybody feel like that again. So gotcha. what can I do differently to where this doesn't happen again? Or it might just be a really good situation. So we're like, I really, you know, make someone's day and, you know, just help them overcome a situation. And it's just like, you know, wow, that was really dope. Like, what can I do to help other people, you know, what testimonies can I share that other people will be able to relate to. So, you know, every day different things are happening. So I do a lot of self-reflecting on, like, situations in my life to see how I can constantly be a better person. Gotcha. Okay. So, Kansas City People Choice. How'd that feel? Um, so last year um, I made it to the finals What's crazy is, so Melanie, too, um, I put that out last year, and I was doing, like, you know, a lot of promoting and stuff. But then 
life happened. So I actually kind of stepped away um, from the spoken word and the poetry scene. Yes, ma'am. And, like, I started doing my music behind the scenes, which no one even knew about until we came out with our single, Queen. Okay. So, like, while I'm working on my music, my friends was like, Melanie, are you going to, you know, pr- you know, promote yourself for the Kansas City Choice Awards? I'm like, no, I haven't really been doing any poetry. You know, I've been working on my music, you know, just working on other things. Like, it just hasn't been my focus. But right. then I got nominated anyway. So I'm yeah. just like, okay, well, obviously, you know, my, you know, Poetry's yeah, it's still, it's still effective to people. So when I got nominated, I'm like, okay, let me go ahead and um, promote myself or whatever, which um, I didn't make it to the finals this year. And I'm, I'm not even sad about it because, like, there's so many dope poets in Kansas right. City who, like, I can acknowledge have been constantly putting out work. And I'm working mm-hmm. on other side projects. So the people who have made it to the finalists, well, at least two of them, um, one of them, my cousin, shout out to Envion, um, mm-hmm. and uh, Hypocrisy's dope too. And there's just a lot of dope poets, right. but um, them specifically, I really, really love. They've been putting in a lot of work, and I'm happy for them. Like, like I said, it's just not my season for right. that, but I was just really honored to even still be acknowledged while I'm working on separate projects. That's dope. That's dope. That's dope. And I think that's cool to be recognized by the city, because like you said, you weren't even in that realm. You yeah. were in a whole other realm. So the fact that they seen that, I think that's that's dope. That's dope. Maybe I don't know. Maybe you get a two for one there. <laughs> no. Maybe you get them with a two for one. So, uh, last question before we get ready to get up out of here. Life happens. You know, we've seen COVID last year. Um, people die. Rapid pace. Um, different things change. Um, sometimes we take for granted the numbers that we remember as kids. It's cool to write them down. Mm-hmm. Now we just put them in our phones. Do this thing called emergency contact. Something was to happen to you right now. First person you call. Uh, my daddy. <laughs> he girl. pulling up. He answering at all times of the night. Okay. He got the bail money ready. So <laughs> definitely okay. calling my daddy. Let me find out you out here a minute. <laughs> okay. So you and daddy together. Mm-hmm. Something happened. Who you calling? Um, shoot, probably. Right. Probably my best friend Brenda. Okay. <laughs> I know her number by heart, and you know she 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 pregnant, but she she gonna pull up. She, <laughs> she gonna make it happen. Up. So. And the reason why I ask that, a lot of times people can only tell you one or two, or they tell you the common ones, um, and you say, "I don't think I got nobody I can call like that for different situations." So the biggest thing with me when I was going through my depression, I had people around me, but at first I was so prideful. To say, hey, I'm going through this, I'm going through that. Like, I'm talking about a real dark place. You see what I'm saying? But I had to learn. I guess it was the Virgo in me, I don't know. Like, oh, I don't want to burden nobody, you know? Mm-hmm. But after a while, you need that. So it became a thing of being able to have those people that I can reach on my phone and call. Or they come knocking. Hey, what's up, boy? You, come on, ride with me. I don't want to go to the brain ask you to, if mm-hmm. you want to go. Come on, ride with me. Get out the house. And it was some people giving me books to read and things to do and things to see. So I think that that's important that we have at least five people. They have a notion that the five people you spend the most time around are the people that you, that's how you are. But I think if you, that's true to a certain extent, because maybe they're changing as you're changing. But I think you need to have those people that you can lean on Mm -hmm. and always go to. You see what I'm saying? Absolutely. So I thank you. So much thank for, you for uh, having me. No, I thank you for penciling <laughs> a, a new podcast. Yes, no, it's honor. <laughs> so I appreciate it. One more time, man. Shout out your books for us one more time. Um, yes. So um, both of my poetry collections, Melanity and Melanity 2. Um, Melanity is available on Amazon and Barnes and & Noble. And then Melanity 2 is available on Amazon. Um, you can reach out to me on any social media platform, Melanie the Poet, um, for autographed copies. And stay tuned for music releases. Okay. And um, check out Queen by me and um, Lil Cupid, available on all music platforms. That's dope. That's dope. So how did it feel to get the first book, like to get it, somebody uh, to sign, ask you to sign it? It was, it was amazing. Like, I just... I, I write poetry all the time. I'm like, I'm not doing nothing with, like, it's just, like, hundreds of notebooks yeah. in my house. 
So I'm like, you know, let me let me see if people like, you know, people like my spoken word. Let me see if they'll like actually like like the behind the scenes stuff. But like my poetry has been doing really, really good. Like I just I mean, it's one thing to like be passionate about something. And then like um, my poetry is really special to me because it's um, it's my journey. Like it's my what's the word I'm looking for? Dang it. Can't even think about it. But. It's basically, I don't know why I can't think of the word, but it's pretty much just, like, it's my life. Mm-hmm. So for, like, other people to be able to relate to it and love it and, That's like, fool with me, like, I just, I love it. Like, That's it's true. really special to me, so. No doubt, no doubt, no doubt. So, again, I thank you. Thank um, you. Anytime. You got anything new coming down the pipe and you want to come sit down, you're always welcome. Um, never uh, never goodbye. I always see you later. May God be your seatbelt and we be your direction in this thing called life. Or God be your direction, and we be your, and we be your seatbelt till we see each other again, man. Be cool, be safe. Thank you too. Tell the truth, nothing but the truth. Tell it like it really is. Don't hold back, don't hold back. Uncomfortable conversations are needed for growth and closure. Be real with it.